Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 198th episode of the Hungry Gamers podcast. We're powered by Bip.Dent and those sexy, sexy legends over at Audio Technica. But more on those guys and gals later. I'm your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan 8-Bit. And joining me today, my usual partner in crime, you can obviously find her at Miss Ellie Hart. We are talking about none other than Miss Ellie Hart. How are you doing today on episode 198? Yeah, doing oh one nine eight. Oh that two hundred is sneaking up. It's it's kind of insane thinking about it. Like sort of there's a few times there where I'm like, holy moly, we have done this podcast well over two hundred times when you factor in some of the bonus offshoots and things like that we've done as well. Like it's mm. it's crazy to be to be riffing video games for two hundred plus hours when you when you sort of crunch it down like that. maybe closer to probably four hundred hours with the runtime. So that's uh that's an achievement in itself. Yeah, it's crazy. Cause then you go into like two hundred episodes, two hundred plus hours. How many years? Is it four years? Five this years? is sort of the fifth year, yeah. Yeah. Technically. Oh. Which is which is bonkers as well. So yeah, I, I guess sort of putting a bow on that is um listeners out there we are we are nearly at 200 obviously where it's 198 right now we're looking for questions we're looking for comments concerns anything like that we wanted to try and do a little bit of a Q&A style episode for episode 200 so send us your thoughts send us your memories send us your questions anything related to the THG uh, or THG I should say it's not the the hungry games uh, yeah so at hello at 8bit.net via the email obviously dm us uh, at we are 8bit as a whole reach out to us individually if you'd like but yeah hit us up on those socials or via the email with thoughts memories high points low points anything like that because we really want to sort of pull back that curtain and, and yeah answer anything and everything and just just make 200 as much about yourselves as it is about us because uh without without you guys and girls out there we wouldn't really have a podcast would we so yeah, 200 is is going to be a bit of a reflection episode on the past, the present, the future, and everything else in between. Yeah, it'd be funny to see like what are some fond memories of our listeners. Yeah, I'd love yeah. to see what actually stuck. 100%, because that's it. Like 200 episodes is is a huge, huge amount of, of content. And, and, you know, I, I especially have forgotten some of the things we've spoken about or maybe some high points or, or things that we had going for a little while during during the seasons, uh, <clears throat> games and certain little little sort of quips and whatnot. So I'd be curious to see, yeah, what what's stuck in people's memories or what they tried to remove from it because it was that bad. So, uh, yeah, we, we've thrown a lot of... A lot of mud at the wall and not all of it is stuck, but uh, yeah, we're still here. The fact that we had Clam or Sham, like a game show, like touched to the end of, you know, our Hungry Gamer podcast to then turn into the Hungry Game Show, the evolution of that is incredible. Full circle. It's gone full circle. Full circle. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what next, next evolution uh, stems off the back of THG, but yeah, it's... 
episode 198. We've had a had a pretty big week. Like uh, this episode is going to be very PlayStation Five centric for uh, those listeners out there. Obviously, we we finally got the the PS Five conference after it was delayed due to some pretty serious situations going on around the world, and understandably Ooh. so that they put the brakes on it for uh, seven to ten days there. But um, yeah, they they ran it yesterday. And we're going to be diving deep on that. But I guess we could first talk about what we've been doing. Uh, full disclosure, I'll lead off. I haven't been doing much. <laughs> I've been working a lot, uh, watching a bit of telly and playing a little bit more Apex. So I don't think we need to go down that rabbit hole yet again. Watching anything interesting? The new Penny Dreadful season, I guess. Oh, you've is... watched that, huh? Yeah. So City of Angels, it's, it's very different to the first uh, iteration of Penny Dreadful and... They've, it feels like they've literally only got the name Penny Dreadful attached to this just for brand recognition. Like, oh. it's still written similarly. Like, it's still very dialogue heavy. It's still very intelligently written. But the the universe is different. The the time period's different. Themes are different. Like, it's it's more so focusing on um, the early 1900s uh, and sort of the, the the racism that's sort of pretty 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 prevalent today i guess really so it's it's Ooh. it's pretty interesting how you watch it back back in the early 1900s and now we're here in the you know in the in the 2000s and it's still the same shit so i think that's kind of very interesting that sort of piece of social commentary that they focus on but it's it's focused um or situated in los angeles and and sort of there's a lot of unrest uh and and sort of um focusing on there's like a, a pocket of german sort of hitler purists that are that are running around america and then there's sort of the the white caucasians versus the, the mexicans and they're trying to sort of bulldoze an area of los angeles to put this highway through so there's this sort of big racial uprising where it's oh. it's it's the whites versus the mexicans and and sort of social justice and and just where people are sort of seen in, in that sort of social hierarchy back in those days. And as I said, like it's spun on its head because it's similar shit that's still going on today, you know, all these years later. Uh, mm. It's it's pretty well done. They've they've got a couple of couple of um, people from the original Penny Dreadful recast as different roles. Natalie mm. Dorm is sort of the, the focal point of the show and she plays a few different roles on the show. She's sort of like um, representing one of the... The, the gods from from mexico and and she sort of just inhibits a few different characters and and she p- plays and preys mostly on sort of chaos and panic and and weaves her way in there it's 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 a good watch but the first oh. the first version of penny dreadful i thought was was just nearly perfect television especially the first few seasons of it like i really really love that gothic setting and the cast and the writing and you know talking like weaving all those sort of um monsters and nightmare creatures from from sort of gothic lore together into one story. I thought that was really mm. well done. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I've been watching. Nothing, yeah. nothing really new. Oh, and I just watched the uh, the debut episode of season five of RuPaul's uh, Drag Race All-Stars. All-Stars. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so uh, there was a few on there that got uh, got announced or revealed that I've never heard of. Like my, uh, oh, really? My Drag Race history is is not the best from like going back way back to sort of the OG seasons. I sort okay. of, I guess, got onto the show maybe midway through its its run. So I missed maybe the first five of the standard Drag Race. So some of the oh. the OG queens that are on there, I'm like, I don't know who you are. I don't know who you are. But um, Ung Jaina is like from the first episode, first yeah, season. Yeah, season yeah. one. So I uh, had no idea who she was, but um, yeah, enjoyed enjoyed that first episode last night. Curious to see who takes it out. 
Uh, Ricky Martin as well was on it. That yeah, was he's, he's just living his best life. He looks yeah. gorgeous. Yeah, he, he really does. He'd be he'd be close to probably 50, I'm assuming. But he'd yeah, he is still now. living La Vida Loca. Like, mm-hmm. shout out to Ricky. And he having so much fun on there. Mm-hmm. Who do you think is going to win? Who's your, who's your early favorite? <sighs> There's a big difference between a favorite and then like who's actually going to win. I think it's too early to say because like... I'm just glad that um, oh, what's her name? The one that oh, spoilers. The one that left. Loose spoilers. Well, ah, uh, like um, Derek Berry. Yeah, I was gonna call him Britney Spears. I'm just glad he's gone because I can't stand him. Yeah, he he certainly stood out as someone that probably shouldn't be there. Yeah, I don't know why they brought him back, but or her back. But I'm glad that she had to get snipped in the first episode of course obviously they will come back again for whatever reason whether it's to possibly rejoin and have the opportunity to join in again or whatever but ugh. yeah i think i think juju b is one of the front runners definitely she <laughs> she's earned it <laughs> yeah but i i swear she was singing over a dub track with that yeah two two saying with a dub track um as opposed to Blair Sinclair, uh, who did the, the live, which was not that good. <laughs> the one with the eyes. The, the oh, one that started. Mayhem. Um, mayhem, that's it. Yeah, I love Mayhem, but yeah, her song was a bit lackluster. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. I, I just don't think anyone that listens to our show ever expects there to be like a snippet of like RuPaul's Drag Race. It's, it's just how we how we do. You know, worlds collide here at the Hungry Gamers. So, uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's just good good television. It Have is. You, Side note: Before we go too much deeper on, on RuPaul, did you watch uh, the, the the completion of the Celebrity Drag Race? Those, that four episode spin-off. Have you watched that yet? No, I haven't actually. I don't <sighs> know where to get access to it actually. Yeah, I've to... got it on Stan. If if you need a login, I can flick your mind. You can watch it on there. I'm sure There's some dodgy person's put it on YouTube. Yeah, well worth a watch. <laughs> but but anyway, anyway, yeah, RuPaul here for Australia on Stan uh, airs every Saturday. Around the world, it, I don't know what it's on, but yeah. Give it a try. If you think, like, why the hell are they talking about this show? This is definitely not me. Just give it a watch. Um, it's it's oddly, like, satisfying in the fact of, like, sassy men, mm. which is just great. Like, it's, like, catty and bitchiness, but from guys, so. Yeah, and, and it is an art too. form. That's, that's yeah. one thing you watch. And, like, uh, before we continue down this rabbit hole, <laughs> I said we were, we were pivoting. <laughs> You see in the early seasons, like the the makeup quality and the aesthetic quality compared to now, the like stage, in, the in lighting, the first few production. seasons, it just looks like me with a wig on. Like yeah. then you see them now, and they're like these gorgeous women. But there's like a lot of like um like early season queens have actually said like if I had to compete now, I ha- I would have no chance because mm. they're just getting more talented, more like amazing makeup skills. Oh, you know what? Who I want to win? Miss Cracker. Yeah, I like Miss Cracker. Cracker. Yeah, I like Miss Cracker. So I hope she wins. She still may not, but I just hope she gets further than last time because she's robbed. Yeah, speaking of robbed, Gigi Good and even Crystal Method were robbed at the back end of uh, standard season of Drag Race, in my opinion, if you were judging it based off that final episode. But anyway. They said Gigi Good um, cheated. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. They said she used a production team, which she wasn't allowed. Oh, well, we'll talk about this more offline because now I'm intrigued because I didn't know that. All right, so I have not been playing bloody much outside of that, obviously, some Apex. As I said, what about you, Miss Hart? What have you been doing? 
Uh, I'm sorry, listeners. Um, some recent content dropped uh, in this week about uh, new DLC, new content, and that is from Destiny 2. So your girl's back on it. Your girl's back on it. <laughs> Yeah, and, and understandably so, because yeah, they had a had a pretty sizable announcement um, this past week. So Bungie mm-hmm. revealed sort of the future mm-hmm. uh, for Destiny Two for the next several years. Like uh, <laughs> we've got Beyond Light, which is slated to drop in September, uh, if I remember correctly, and then uh, they've even forecast the Witch Queen for 2021, and then Lightfall, which is the working title for now, slated for 2022 release. So yeah. that's gonna see. Destiny 2 uh, right up until the end of year six of the game. So six years <laughs> yeah. of Destiny 2 or year nine of the the total Destiny franchise uh, as it stands. But mm-hmm. it's crazy. It really yeah. is crazy. It's the most nicest way for them to say, shut the hell up. There is no Destiny 3. Mm-hmm. Like, just give it up. Like, we've got some content coming for a few years now. So zip it. Um, mm-hmm. And the other incredible thing that came from it was that... Um, they actually acknowledge some of their mistakes. Um, there's actually been words in the community that um, they kind of admitted to the fact that they'd been more focused on this content coming up and that a lot of the stuff in between was essentially just rushed out filler because um, what's going to be happening in this new content in September is we're going to finally find out who the darkness is and who those, like, what has been referred to as the Dorito ships. Like, they came, we, we witnessed them, like, early early on in destiny 2 and then it was just kind of like they're still around yeah um, do you think they believe um, in a thing called love <laughs> if you just listen to the rhythm of your heart <laughs> um <laughs> but um i also want to mention destiny actually had a live event um where like it, there was a lot of mixed hype because a lot of people were um comparing it to like a Fortnite live event and Fortnite live events are massive they're like a massive spectacular and unfortunately a lot of destiny players were either met with um the beaver era so they got kicked out and they didn't get to witness it those who got to stay had to stay for roughly an hour and 45 minutes from what i remember people saying and what it was was uh, if anyone's familiar with Destiny, there's like the main, you know, hub, which is like, well, I call it the tower, but I think it's actually called something else. And in the sky, there was something called the Almighty that was going to attack. And um, there's also, a, you know, big power weapon named Rasputin who was going to help. Anyway, so the whole thing was you were watching this ship entering the atmosphere being attacked by, you know, Rasputin. It was the slowest lackluster thing i have seen i feel bad because i know that destiny um the group with bungie obviously were working with what they had like technology wise but it was so slow it was so like drawn out and then finally there was just this bang and then you know it exploded it was like coming down in a fiery mess about the coolest thing from it was like watching live streams of people going that's gonna hit us that's gonna hit the tower it it didn't (laughs) and it didn't (laughs) It didn't like some debris did. So there was, there's some cool, like broken, you know, smashed areas that got hit, but for a live event where people had to wait an hour and 45 minutes, it was pretty lackluster. So, but, um, now we're moving on to this new season and, um, yeah, like (laughs) it's, it's why I've jumped on because it's going to be the last season before the new content for as far as I'm aware. Um, it's called the season of the arrivals. So, um, 
they've added like new content, new um, like a dungeon which has already been beaten and it's already been beaten solo. <laughs> that's so insane. I that's one thing I love about the Destiny community. <laughs> Destiny goes, okay, we've worked on this thing. You got to work as a team, and then first minute team beats it like within 24 hours next minute someone solos it by themselves within the 42 like so i guess that's better though than when they had some of them puzzles that no one could crack and when they did you got shit all like at least it's yeah. kind of cool like what i guess what would you find that the happy medium to be you know is it was that too easy what they just released compared to some of those puzzles well, and, and trials that, that were just too bananas I think this one was classified as a dungeon from what I'm aware. I haven't tried it. I haven't attempted it or looked at it because um, I haven't played Destiny what feels to be like over a year. Like there's so much stuff that I had to catch up on, like just playing Destiny alone. Um, but um, this is a dungeon and dungeons are usually like a smaller, um, like a smaller experience or a less elaborate experience than um, doing a raid. Yeah, it's it's like a strike. Yeah, it's, yeah, essentially. So like, raid the last raid I think is the one that you're kind of mentioning where they just couldn't figure it out, and like those poor people that like were streaming for like days, mm -hmm. like like having to take like two hour naps because they didn't want to miss the opportunity of being the first to complete it. Like, but I freaking love that. I don't know why. I just love watching people being like, yeah. We're a team. We're going to knock this out <laughs> to, if you don't listen to me, I'm leaving. I'm going to go. Screw you guys. It's just, it's a good look just at how humans act under pressure. So, yeah. But, <laughs> so I'm playing Destiny again. Um, jumping back in for someone that's, like I said, haven't played in a year. There's a lot of things that are going on. So right now I'm just clearing out quests and trying to um, up my light level, I think. I think the the new um dungeon is like requiring you to be a 1040 light Jesus. level yeah and <laughs> i'm only insane. 940 so i've been grinding out the past few days just trying to get like my light levels up and it's actually been very friendly and letting me you know obviously giving me a lot of shit just so i can get to a thousand that was my so. question because i remember when i sort of um got to the the back end of the 800s into the 900s and mm. the grind to get to there was was pretty quick it was just doo -doo 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 -doo, and then you were there and then you just fall off a cliff almost yeah. and then you're getting yeah. potentially you'd bump up one one point in a night you know, running strikes and and hoping for the best with gear to to get some improvements so i'm happy that they've loosened those shackles a little bit because it can like grind's good and with sort of the, the looter shooters and things, it's expected to have people coming back and continuity and replayability, but it can get very draining too. If, you, if yeah. you're putting five hours in a night and getting one or two points on your on your increase. So yeah, mm -hmm. I get it. It's a juggling act for, for Bungie to, to find that happy medium to keep all players happy. Yeah, well, I mean, like the fact that like the you know, event that they had where they were talking about this new content. Um, they acknowledged that they stuffed up a lot of things. Um, they acknowledged to the community, like, we know that you guys are upset. We know that we've dropped the ball on things. We've, um, uh, uh, they said that there was a lot of, um, things that they did where there was this, like, taking advantage of, like, FOMO. And they know, they acknowledged that that was not the best thing to do. So, I mean, acknowledging your wrongs is pretty good, especially on a really open, like, you know, just 
essentially putting yourself out there on video just saying yeah we're wrong like yeah i mean destiny is a long-running game you know it's been a roller coaster so we've had our highs we've had our lows um and obviously this new content you know rubbed everyone the right way because i wasn't the only one that you know loaded up destiny again a lot of people yeah like nato messaged me with a screenshot of him reinstalling and things like that and i saw nasi was getting back in on it and and it's interesting you said that it's been well received i'm very curious how much that has to do with as well blizzard activision obviously having no attachment to this game anymore now now bungie get more autonomy and control as to how this game's going to be shaped i wonder if that also plays an over overarching factor it could but i think like activision hasn't had its hand in the you know destiny pie for a while now so um there has been actions where it's just been straight from bungie like Mm. straight you know from them so um like people have mentioned like Bungie's just been more focused on this content that's coming up as opposed to all the stuff that's been thrown in in between, which has been described as filler. So, you know, like I, I honestly hope it, I hope it's as great as they say. I hope it's everything that everyone wants because I, I love Destiny and I want to see it succeed. 100%. I will shit on it when I can, but yeah. like, which is I justified too, considering the amount of hours you put into this game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Y- you know the game well. You know the ins and outs, what's good, what's not. So I think it's more when you do poo poo on it. It's more than just trying to be trying to be controversial and have a spicy opinion. It's it's coming from a, a place of knowledge and and it's like care. Being disapp- yeah, like a disappointed parent. Like you know, like I've put a lot of time into you. You know, built you up, and you know. And this is this is how you pay me back. This is how you you know treat me. I'm yeah. not mad. I'm just disappointed. disappointed. Yeah, <laughs> which hurts so much more. It does. It should. And so. anyone that says otherwise is a damn fool. Because like, that mm-hmm. you never want to disappoint anybody. You make someone mad, they can get over it. But disappointment, it can it can linger for a good long time. So <laughs> yeah, just just do better. Yeah, yeah. So. but I'm, I, I'm I'm intrigued. I've I've looked at it and I'm like, oh, maybe I might fire this up once I finish The Last of Us Two, and yeah, that's that's sort of where I'm at. Destiny Two, I'm I'm keen. I saw as well that they're talking about um, like are they going to be bringing in crossplay? I know they've got cross save, but I saw saw murmurs around the water cooler that uh, cross cross play is going to be supported in the near future. So I could be playing with you across PC to console. So that's kind of cool if that's going to be happening, unless that was just all a lie. Yeah, I think that was something they were discussing. I know that they wanted to push forward saying that obviously if you're on PS5, you can play with people on PS4. And if you're on, you know, the new Xbox, you can obviously play with people on the original Xbox, kind of Uh, the original Xbox, but the previous. But I think they did mention that they were, you know, focusing on, you know, PC, Xbox, I don't know if they were mentioned PlayStation, PC or whatever. That would be so Xbox. great if they could bridge that. Like I've I've pivoted primarily to, to playing on the on the PC now, but it would be awesome to be able to just be playing on the Xbox on the couch with, with you you and other friends that we got that might be on the PC instead of having mm. to sort of shift into the computer room per se. So that would be yeah. cool. Uh, I think I have a few friends that like they're strictly like console. So, you know, you, you get the occasional message of just like, like, can you play on console? I'm like, not with the level of like grinding. Like, I yeah, just, like, I'm, like I'm obviously set on PC. They've got the cross save, which is great, but that doesn't mm. also 
mean that you then have to buy the game again or at no. least the expansions again to get the full experience. So, yeah. I don't know. I was looking into that. I think maybe expansions may stay attached to your account, but, I mean, it, either way, I'm used to PC. Like, don't give me an Xbox controller or a PlayStation controller and try to configure that again. No, I'm, I'm good. See, that's, that's see I'm, people make fun of me for playing with my Xbox controller on PC, but it's because of these exact situations. Oh, bullshit. <laughs> I just like the feel of it too. And keyboard and mouse is still still something that just doesn't feel as automatic. I'm getting there. You know, mm. I can touch type like the best of them. Can you? Yeah, I can't. Good. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good. Pretty good with touch type. But anyway, enough of that humble brag. But yeah, uh, anything else you want to mention uh, you've been playing, doing, or should we uh, keep rocking and rolling? I'm just going to ask a question because I've been um, catching up on an animation called um, F is for Family. Yeah, it's, it's, this new season that just dropped, didn't it? I think it's yeah. So um, the new season I think probably dropped recently because that's why I've been binge watching it. But I was, I was trying to think. Um, I don't think anyone I know has ever mentioned this show, and it's really good. It's Bill Burr. So like, yeah, I've I've literally not watched a single episode. Like it's what I think it's four seasons now. I think it's been around a little seasons, while. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's been around a while. Like I've been watching it. Like it's it's the right level of like, you know, family drama just with, you know, profanity and grossness and brutal honesty and just like it's family guy but a little bit serious and a little more cruder. So, um yeah, I, was, I really enjoy it, but I just, I kind of thought about it. I'm like, no one else has talked about this no. show. Like, I've never heard anyone else talk about this show. So, if anyone's looking for that, like, F is for family. Um, Netflix, check right? Check it out. Yeah. Um, yeah. I believe the first episode is a bit of a, like, you know, it takes you a bit to kind of get a grasp of exactly how the show, what the vibe is. Um, but stick to it because it just gets better and, you know, more ridiculous. So. Yeah, like I'm just looking at the cast list. Obviously, Bill Burr, Laura Dern, Justin Long, mm -hmm. Sam Rockwell. Mm -hmm. So some pretty, pretty good-sized Hollywood heavy hitters there. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm one of those people. I've skimmed past this thing a thousand times on Netflix, looking for something to watch. And I'm I'm sort of I don't know. I'm not really off animation. I don't know if that's the right way to describe it. But I typically just scroll, keep scrolling uh, because it just feels like it's almost one and the same. Like I looked at the the steel and maybe the the little trailer that Netflix played and it just felt like I was going to be watching like King of the Hill 2.0 and I'm like, I don't feel like this right now. I don't need it's, this in my life. There's a level of King, King of the Hill where it's kind of, and I don't want to say too honest, like they try to take some honesty out of like real life, like on how people live kind of thing. Um, but like, it, like I said, it's just, it's a little bit cruder and it's a little bit fucked up. There's a lot of things in there where you're just like, oh, that's, fucked up but yeah i don't know it's it's out there if people have been looking for something like especially on the animation wheelhouse then you know f is for family give it a shot okay and when you're done giving f is for family a shot be sure to check out the fourth episode of the hungry game show it is available now via early access at patreon.com forward slash we are 8-bit but will be available everywhere this coming week uh, it was a Borderlands 2 centric episode uh, with streamer and YouTube extraordinaire Subpar Lover jumping Ooh. into the competitor's chair. So find out if you performed well or not so well 
uh, yeah, obviously available right now, patreon.com forward slash we're 8-bit for the low, low price of $1 a month. Obviously, if you can't support us monetarily, that's fine. No issues there. It will be landing on the Hunger Gamers RSS feed as per normal this coming week. Uh, episode 18 of the 8-bit cast is also available via early access at patreon.com forward slash we're 8-bit and it is a roller coaster of an episode put together by the Inconsolables crew. My goodness gracious, it is uh, it is <laughs> quite the episode. Give that a spin and um, yeah, get that early. Patreon.com forward slash we are 8-bit. Uh, when you're done checking that out, obviously 8bitnation.net, 8bit.net, obviously shop8bit.net is our official web store. Uh, if you hadn't seen on the socials, every dollar uh, earned via our Patreon or via our web store between now and July 31 is going to be going directly to Black Lives Matter. We are going to be uh, distributing that money through charities here in both Australia and the United States. So every dollar we raise through there goes directly to good causes. Nothing is getting sort of reinvested back into the company. So yeah, if, if you want to throw your support behind us, now would be a perfect time because that money is going to be going to do a lot of good for people out there. So shop 8bit.net, patreon.com forward slash we are 8bit. Uh, but when you're done checking our stuff, obviously Audio Technica is the next place you want to be going to. They are the best in audio-based equipment. We're talking headphones, we're talking microphones, we're talking game headsets. You want in-ear, you want wireless, you want your Bluetooth, you want your noise cancelling. They've got it all. So audiotechnica.com or audiotechnica.com.au to start shopping today. And uh, yeah, tell them the Hungry Gamers sets you because uh, yeah, we've been rocking and rolling with them since our inception and that ain't ever going to change and last but certainly not least, obviously, be sure to rate, review, subscribe us as well as all the other podcasts in the hashtag 8-Bit Collective on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you find us. Be sure to chuck a rating and review because they help keep the emotional lights on in our hearts. It takes no time, costs you no money, and it means an awful, awful bloody lot to us as well as all the other podcasts you're listening to. But yeah, let's move into some news. This week's news headlines. And as we said in the lead off to uh, episode 198, we are going to be recapping the PlayStation 5 conference that uh, finished, looking at the time now, it finished about 25 and a half hours ago, roughly. So uh, we've had a, had a little bit of time to reflect, gather our thoughts and uh, share our opinions on the conference itself. So yeah, 26 <laughs> games were either revealed or showcased uh, during this uh, PS5 conference. We got an extensive viewing of the PlayStation 5 and it's a PlayStation 5 Digital Edition. So there's going to be two versions of the console available. Uh, we also got a little bit more of a look at the controller. Uh, we also saw a controller uh, charging station, which supports two DualSense pads, a headset featuring 3D audio support and noise-canceling microphones, and a media remote with built-in microphone as well. So uh, I guess we could start with maybe what was our overall feeling on the on the conference did did you enjoy it you think it was well put together maybe then we can talk about the how the console yeah. and that aesthetic and then maybe go into our sort of highs and lows of the conference overall yeah when it goes to the conference um it you know it was done well in like i hate that i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do the comparative to the xbox conference now playstation obviously learned from that because every presenter was on a you know a, you <laughs> a know, decent like, present day webcam <laughs> yeah um yeah and they had you know the uniform backdrop with the you know like plain black black backdrop and you know good video good lighting so they they did that well they definitely did that better than xbox um 
the event of a whole it there was a lot of a lot of good content in there i can acknowledge that there was a lot of good content but there was also filler what felt like filler in there there was some things in there i'm like this sounds horrible i'm just like who cares um but uh I don't know if this is too early to kind of talk about it, but since we're just talking about the overall event, I just want to say how shocked I am. And I know people are going to contradict me and like tell me I'm actually wrong, but technically I'm right. They opened the event with one of the oldest games in the, like, that, you know, is currently still playable and popular, but the game itself was built for PlayStation 3. But that was the GTA 5 is what they opened the conference with. Yeah, I th- I thought that was very strange. Like, I know it was a big flex because Rockstar are obviously one of the biggest fish in the pond uh, yeah. in in the gaming space. So, I get that it's sort of this kind of big flex, saying like, "Look at us, we've got we've got the the, the biggest publisher or developer uh, on on the stage here, leading it off." But yeah, it just it it sort of was the wrong message to start with, in my opinion, mm-hmm. and. I'm with you. Like when you said there was some filler, that felt like filler to me. Like, don't get me wrong, there is GTA Five tragics all over the world. Uh, the the role play community has just breathed even further life into this game, and it's still mm. regularly in the top ten charts and whatever else. But it just felt strange that yeah, they were going back to this well to lead this conference off for the next generation by pulling something from several generations back by the time the PS Five yeah. comes out. And saying, yeah, let's let's get amongst this, uh, get excited, <laughs> and and then like, oh, you're going to be getting a million million dollars a month up until mm. the release, and all this. And I'm like, no doubt there's some people watching this at six a.m. Australian time going, woohoo, yeah, this is the best. But like for me, I was just like, I got up this early for this to start. <laughs> like, if this is what they're setting the bar at right from the jump, I'm like, fuck, this is going to be a rough hour. Obviously, I was wrong, and things improved. Yeah. steadily but it was just a weird message to sort of lead this off with let's let's exactly. focus on yes one of the biggest games of all time pop it in the middle like <laughs> throw it somewhere else starting the event with it just seemed like a weird weird choice and like you said it kind of like set a bad message for like kind of what you were going to expect however someone um someone's actually mentioned that they're going to put like a super cut of every reaction like streamer or everything like that when the you know presentation started with the rockstar logo mm-hmm. like people just got excited because they yeah. thought they were going to get you know some rockstar new you know content and yeah gta like 6 GTA or something was going to yeah. pop up yeah who knows but like <laughs> just gta 5 it can be played on playstation 5 cool yeah <laughs> like kind of enhanced edition it. like okay fair enough but yeah it just yeah. was weird that that was the lead-in for mm. this for this conference and i was just like oh okay fair enough this is this is how it's going to start rocking and rolling but yeah i i think overall they they did really well like we'll sort of talk about it with our tweet of the week what some of the the general consensus is out there and i think i agree sure. uh with where they're feeling but i think it was well done it had a lot of polish like as you said comparing it to xbox where I think Xbox tried to do more like from the heart and yeah, we're all here because I guess the the climate has changed since when Xbox did yeah. their big reveal to now, like we were peak COVID, like the world was on fire and it, it still is on fire and smoldering right now, don't get me wrong, but COVID then to now, like... Yeah, the, that's it's, actually a good it's, point. It's a big change. So Xbox went a little bit more 
hard on the sleeve, I think, and yeah, had had Greenberg on on the webcam from Windows ninety eight and stuff like that. But yeah, PlayStation, it was it was polished, it was tight, it didn't overstay its welcome. I thought that sort of hourish runtime was perfect. Yeah. The console itself, like if we sort of pivot to that, like what do you think of the look? Like it's uh it's the most unique console that I can remember seeing for for a good good long time like it's it's very futuristic very very modern and and sci-fi-esque like i can't disconnect from detroit become human every time i look at this console and the controller that's all i I think when i look at it like the the white black with the blue color palette like it looks sleek and it looks unlike any other console you'll have in your house don't get me wrong but what do you think about this thing i don't know like it's like it seems like they tried hard to be different with this. Like, they're like, let's do something different. And, um, like, a lot of people are like, I don't care about the design as long as, you know, it works. And I get that. But, like, then if if the majority of us actually doesn't care too much about the design, then just keep it simple. Keep mm. it streamlined. Keep it, you know, like, keep it pretty, like standard but just add pretty lights to it that keeps most of us happy um pc you know players and people yeah, that build their RGB pcs can this baby up yeah <laughs> exactly just make a flash some pretty lights and we're happy um the first thing like i kind of looked at it and i'm like so you know design wise standing upright it had that you know inner bend and for me personally i need to have it down like i need it laying you down. on the horizontal exactly because like my tv unit that's where it would go and I'm not leaving anything that looks like that out for people to see um you know I keep everything clean and put away so and then seeing it on its side I'm like okay you know at least I know it can be you know laid flat that way but just it just seems like they tried to do something different can't fault them for that but it's just like why why do it like if they were trying to be different and not do a box because they're like, oh, we can't do a box because someone else is doing a box or, oh, we've got to do something different that stands out from the others. Like, I don't know. Like chances are like in a few years time, they'll rehash the design and they'll get rid of those white flexes and it will be probably straight. I'm curious. Like I wish they did uh, like a, a darker color palette. Like I've, I've seen a heap of mock-ups already and Boss Logic did some great ones where it was sort of like oh. black charcoal and red as opposed to black, white and blue. And they just mm. looked like chef's kiss sleek. Like they look really nice because I, I I worry about the marks that would, would appear on this white, like uh, fingerprints and dirt and scuff. I wonder how clean it's going to stay. And I'm with mm. you, like when they showcase this thing on the vertical, I'm sitting there going, oh shit, where's this going to go type of thing? But then, yeah, you see it flipped on its side and it'll still function. Uh, but it is a big unit. Like there's there's yeah. some comparisons of this compared to like the Xbox One, the PlayStation 4, the Series X. And this thing looks like it's at least an inch taller than the um, Series X. Like it is, mm-hmm. it is a big bit of gear and understandably so because you need a lot of fans, you need a lot of processing power. So these things are naturally going to get bigger when the sort of load increases in the units. But I, I didn't think it was the worst thing I'd ever seen. Uh, the, the memes already doing the rounds uh, with, with the good. console have been phenomenal. Uh, the, the Mordor one, I think, got me the most uh, with the Eye of Sauron uh, on the top of this thing from Lord of the Rings. That that cracked me the hell up when I saw it yesterday. 
I think the ones where people just straight up just put a white binder around their router and it's just like it's something as simple as that that people are just like there you go there's yeah. the design yeah. and then um people have been posting like air filters or like air conditioners that look exactly mm-hmm. like it so yeah unique design eh? like if you were to say to me like just fyi i'm getting a playstation no matter what like just putting it out there so regardless of my opinions here i am still getting a playstation doesn't matter but if you said to me like design wise which one would you want playstation or an xbox i want the xbox yeah yeah the xbox like even though it is sort of plain like it's a black rectangular brick looking thing like it is a lot sleeker when you're thinking of home aesthetic it would easily mm-hmm. uh meld into to most sort of styles at home as opposed to this thing because yeah it does look like um like that air conditioner one is it to a t like and i wonder if one of the uh one of the artists had this thing beside them and they were just sort of like instinctively it was just getting sort of plugged into their head because they see it in their peripheral every day this air conditioner beside them and like how am i going to mock this up and just naturally it sort of made its way to the to the playstation well, design they board forgot like, that, they, that they had to hand it in like the next day and they're like oh, oh. Yeah, <laughs> some, some nice lines like, down the side black in the media done <laughs> done like the other thing is and like obviously we're just seeing pictures of these things we haven't really seen like full-on in our faces physical units but like there's something a little bit cheap looking about this like something a bit toyish mm. i guess and like and it's fair like i like i understand we're on the older side of the spectrum and there's obviously a whole generation below us where they they want cool edgy shit but there's just something um yeah, I don't know. A bit toyish about it. Toyish, so. and and as you said, like very modem or router like. Like mm. I wouldn't be surprised if they they had a, a a version of this in in beta where there was an antenna on the back of it or something. You know, like it's crazy. And I keep thinking back when I look at it too, is like the the OG Xbox 360s that were white and had that sort of concave as well, ever so slightly. Oh, yeah. Like it, it sort of uh, has a little nod to that. Like obviously, it wasn't white and black like. Like uh, the Xbox no. 360s, it wasn't white and black, but they were pure white, but it had that same shape and um, in, in a That's white a color. That's weird, isn't it? Yeah. So I thought that was a little bit strange uh, when I was sort of reflecting on it, but I'm with you. I'm buying one of these day one. Like, yeah, it's not perfect for my sort of taste from a from aesthetic point of view, but we're, we're here about the games predominantly. So maybe, maybe we could sort of pivot into uh, what we thought were the, the top three uh, moments or games or, or just uh, whatever's from the showcase. Uh, we've got mm. a couple of honourable mentions. So uh, did you want to lead us off with a few of your honourables? Uh, sure. Um, so honourable mentions, Solar Ash. Um, that was a beautiful game and music as well. And like um, it's done by the same people that do, is it like Hyperlight? Is that Hyperlight Drifter, yeah. I've never played that game and it's been on my list forever so but just witnessing solar ash just as a trailer and just like artistically and i think they even showed like some gameplay in it like it felt like it was actually yeah gameplay. there was a bit where the the character landed on that planet and you could sort of hmm. saw a bit of movement through the world yeah it just looked like it was it's one of those great games where it's visually stunning and it's just something that you could just throw on and just play out kind of thing and just seeing it, I'm just like, see, this is beautiful. I like this. This is a gorgeous looking game. So Solar Ash definitely um, was memorable for me. Um, I noticed this one's also on your memorable list. So we, I guess I'll just quickly skip it. And then um, 
quickly talk about um, Oddworld Soulstorm. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I wanted to put this on my list too, but uh, yeah, yeah. Didn't, didn't make my final cut. I'm going to say, like, it's memorable for me because I love Oddworld. Like, Abe's Odyssey just as a game brings back so many memories for me of my, like, childhood and, you know, like, how that intro (laughs) used to scare me as a kid. Like, but it was so cool just, like, that starting sequence and then playing the game and just how unique it was for me and all the, like, you know, you can always find a fan if you just say, hello, follow me, okay. (laughs) So seeing, like, Oddworld back in there and seeing Abe back in there, um... It was just refreshing. I'm just going to put a side note. I was a bit iffy because there was a part of it where, like, I understand that the games are kind of puzzle-like, but there was a segment in the trailer where I'm just like, this looks very puzzle-ish, like, like less about, like, being in an environment, more about, like, complete this puzzle. Mm -hmm. So I'm a bit iffy, but either way, it was just great seeing, like, Oddworld and Abe um amongst it so yeah, that made me happy graphically it looked nice i like that they Ooh. they kept with that same um sort of side scrolling uh style that we're used to from the odd world games obviously with yeah. um i think it was munch's odyssey they ch- changed to sort of a 3d plane but they've gone yeah. back to back to the to the well here with with abe and, and the uh murdikins or the maduckins i don't know which way you want to yeah. pronounce it but uh, it looked awesome and it looks like they've got the same sort of original voice actors involved and the same writers. The game's apparently going to run like 10 hours, so you'll get a get a pretty good investment. And yeah, it does look a little bit puzzly, but uh, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of death. My goodness, there was a lot of death showcased <laughs> yeah. in that trailer too. And it seemed like it was okay this time around. Before, it was kind of like count your deaths kind of thing, but this yeah. time like it just seemed like it was reckless. So yeah, um, yeah. but that was it was great to see. Um, the last one of my honorable mentions was Deathloop. Yes, and that's what on my list too. a funky looking game. It's just like stylized and the music as well and the concept, you know, like actually the concept we did see twice in this um, presentation, this PlayStation presentation of kind of looping your life back again. Mm-hmm. We did see that twice. However, the style of Deathloop kind of looking a bit like Grindhouse, a bit like funky retro um it was it was really good i i it really stuck with me yeah it was it was one of the highlights of the show for me obviously it got announced uh earlier this year or, or maybe the tail end of mm. last year when we first sort of saw yeah. saw this pop up from from arcane lion obviously who's done the dishonored franchise most recently and you can see a lot of that in in the gameplay like first person um sort of shooter mechanics with some abilities you're teleporting around the joints very stylized killings uh the world looks great like yeah very uh yeah very grindhousey sort of um style to it which which i loved very stylized and artsy the soundtrack was pumping uh mm. the voice work was cool yeah and uh just just putting it on a spin like having obviously your you're an assassin trying to escape this island but every time you die it resets but then there's a rival assassin that's trying to kill you as well but then at the end it shows you taking control of this other rival assassin so i'm wondering if there's going to be like multiplayer elements to it or if it's just going to yeah. give you two separate separate stories to tackle so but yeah. it looks so cool and i'm really 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 excited for that one it looks phenomenal and um yeah. right up right up my alley yeah no, and I like I think these ones, especially like these kind of like indie looking ones, these ones that are a bit like 
out of the triple A scope when they have such an impact on you when they are amongst it all. Um, I think it really says something. I just really um, hope that they stay fresh in people's minds. You know, yeah. like sometimes we hype up things when we see them in these like conferences or E3s and we're like, that's really cool. And then it comes time where they're close to release and we all forget about it. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm hope yeah hopefully it gets the attention it deserves closer to release because if I recall mm-hmm. it's it's scheduled to release uh, holiday 2020 so it'll be out uh, around around the debut of the PS5, the Xbox and the PC and it's apparently a timed console exclusive so it's going to be on the PlayStation 5 and PC first with Xbox Series X to come uh, in the future afterwards so that's that's a pretty pretty decent get for for Sony there. Um, mm. One of my honorable mentions was Pragmata which is the new game from Capcom. Uh, very mm. strange. I just wanted to reference it briefly because it just, it's bananas. I don't know what's going on. You're playing this like robot astronaut and you save this young girl and there's a holographic cat, uh, which was which is an ongoing theme of this conference. There's <laughs> cats and cat-related games, left, right and center. Yeah, but yeah, you, you end up flying to the moon and you're on the moon with this, this girl who's not oh, in a spacesuit on the moon. And uh, yeah, they're staring at Earth and she's like, what's that? And then it ends with like the astronaut saying freedom. And I'm like, what in the Christ is this game? So I just wanted to reference yeah. that because I'm just, I have no idea what's going on. Apparently, it's not going to be out till 2022. So we've got a little bit of a wait on that one. But it's cool to see yeah. Capcom bringing some new IP to, to the sort of to the show floor as opposed to the Devil May Cry and, and Resident Evil cycle that they've been going through the last few years. I feel bad because I did see a lot of people after seeing that just going, Death Stranding? Like, a lot of people made, like, that kind of connection or reference, which was, like, I don't see it too much. But, you know, the only thing that bothered me about that trailer was that girl's hair. It frustrated me. It was just one big piece. (laughs) It was. And, like, I can't understand with all these, like, things that technology, just, like, why can't we nail hair? Yeah. Yeah, we can do everything else so well, but hair is just the Achilles heel of the game developer. Yeah. Uh, and the other one I wanted to mention, Ghostwire Tokyo, got some got some runtime here on the conference, which is done through Tango Softworks, published by Bethesda. Uh, yeah. It was one of my sort of potential sleepers for a well, well-reviewed game in 2020. We're not getting that now because it's uh, coming out in 2021, so there's a mulligan for me. <laughs> uh, but the gameplay looks crazy. First person... Uh, set in Japan, fighting these mm-hmm. weird like ghost spirit things using using like mystical abilities and and whatnot. It, there was a lot going on. Uh, it looked was. cool though, from an aesthetics yeah. point of view. Like when that came up, and at the very start of it, it looked cool. It looked spooky. It looked scary. But as the trailer kind of progressed, the scary element kind of yeah, vanished. It got less spooky, didn't it? It got less spooky. And then I also saw a repetition of like um, enemies. Like I, I saw the schoolgirl with no head a lot and the like slender man with an umbrella a lot. So I'm like, is there going to be like more enemies or are these like people that you're just going to constantly be like you know in your face while you try to you know get to point a to point b um i love the concept of like scary supernatural mixed in with technology and kind of combining those two but yeah just at the start it was like yeah this looks creepy as shit and then it just just like i'm like oh no this just looks like 
a game like it doesn't look scary at all yeah it's sort of lost a little bit of that uniqueness and i'm hoping there is going to be a lot more variety in the enemy types because if you are fighting the same set of five skins the whole time then mm. yeah it's it's gonna it's gonna lose that that impact and that that frightfulness because yeah those first first few scenes with that headless schoolgirl coming at you i'm like oh yeah this is this is my yeah. kind of fucked up like it just feels like a, a good japanese horror and and then when you're starting to see it more and more you become numb to it so hopefully they mix that up a little bit mm. one of my honorable mentions i'll leave it because you've got it in sort of your your top three and we'll, we'll probably tackle that one to, together actually no you, you shifted that because so uh one that was i guess we both thought very highly of was uh little devil inside mm-hmm. which uh it looks almost like it's two games in one where you're sort of fighting <laughs> you're playing as this like monster hunter type fellow uh in in mythical times and then it cuts to like this older gentleman just living in a very very uh boring normal society and he's just trying to get through life so i don't know how that's going to interweave I kind of got the vibe that he was like, like maybe like a, um, like a scientist or a professor or some man of like science, and you are like a monster hunter because at the very start you see the character come in with like a monster and he kind of like drags it in to the, you know, the older gentleman. Mm. Um, honorable mention for having a poop gag, a well-timed poop gag. Oh yeah, that was trailer. phenomenal. Yeah, old man Points on on the potty and yeah, it drops just as uh. As yeah, the, the Monster the... Hunters in there doing the battle, which is great. Like, art style was cool. Uh, it the, was really gorgeous. The <laughs> monsters look great. Like, that one of the final scenes where the Monster Hunter's sort of hiding behind a wall and there's that giant, like, demon cat thing trying to yeah. hunt him down. Like, it looks really great. And it really stood out for me as one of the most unique games that was showcased here out of the 26. Yeah, there's, uh, there has, there's sometimes a tendency when... Um, and I hate to say this, but sometimes indie games have like, you know, a very stylized, like a really gorgeous looking style to it. But then sometimes you just, after watching the trailer, you're like, yeah, the style's nice, but what's the game? Like, you know, I don't see any kind of like long longevity in the gameplay. You can only get by on pretty for so long. Mm. But the gameplay from what we saw and what we, we can assume, like with going around and capturing like these crazy beasts, demons, ghouls whatever they are like monsters it just looks really great and it looks like that you're going to have to approach it in different ways yep. so yeah which, um, which looks yeah. phenomenal and, and the end scene where the big dragon is sort of stepping up to the monster hunter like it looks cool and i'm excited to see more of this game uh from what i can understand oh. it might be a playstation uh console exclusive it's going to be on pc as well but no mention of the the xbox or even something like i could see this sort of working on the switch too switch yeah yeah but yeah it looked really really cool uh that was yeah. it was one of the ones that stood out for me the second the trailer started for that i was like oh okay i like yeah. what i'm seeing here already so uh yeah if, if we sort of move into into our top three my first one obviously it was one of the the first games that they they showcased after the gta 5 situation with spider-man miles morales so <laughs> the sequel to uh insomniac games is massive hit which obviously was marvel spider-man uh it's set to be released on the playstation 5 this year which i yeah. thought was huge uh and and it's something that they didn't showcase enough i think they should have made a bigger deal that it was coming out this year so this is going to be like I'm assuming going to be a launch title. Uh, you, it would make sense that they sync this up with the launch, right? 
I guess so, yeah. I guess it kind of makes sense with that. This game, unfortunately, has been um, hit with a bit of like turmoil in the fact of um, misinformation of exactly what it is. Um, to elaborate, it's apparently not like a new Spider-Man game like, like Spider-Man 2. It's um, It will be its own standalone game from what I can understand, but it's, I guess it's more of an extension from the original Spider-Man. So... Yeah, it's not like DLC. It will be its own separate game. Yeah, but sort of but... like a not not triple A size. It's it's going to be a yeah. shorter playthrough, a more compact playthrough compared to what we got with the the first Spider Man game. And I don't yeah. mind that. It's just going to be interesting if they charge full price, knowing that it's going to be a shorter experience. Like, is it going to be a cheaper uh, cost? They haven't sort of disclosed costings for it yet, but mm. this this game in itself or this this expansion or addition, I think it's going to be a nice unit mover for the PlayStation 5. Uh, yeah. Especially with uh, into into the Spider-Verse 2 now uh, in development as well officially. So mm -hmm. uh, it all connects nicely and... Uh, it's a huge feather in the PlayStation 5's cap showcasing this one off. Like, I know we were sort of hypothesizing a couple of weeks ago about what we thought we might see. And I think, mm -hmm. uh, I, think I was batting 100 off this conference with, with my, my thoughts. So uh, I'll take that win. But yeah, it looked awesome. Uh, what about you? What was your third? So my third was um, Project Athea, I think is how you say it. Uh, A-T-H-I-A. Mm -hmm. It was pretty much on this early in the um, conference and it was very short, unfortunately. But um, it's a by Square Unix, which is kind of what grabbed my attention because I'm like, at first I was like, oh, great, Final Fantasy. Um, but it's not. Um, your female, you know, lead, a lot of mystical, magical, um, beautiful looking environment. Stunning um, game, yeah absolutely stunning there were points where like there were scenes where i'm like oh yeah i see the final fantasy in this <laughs> like i i get the i can get that little vibe from it but it doesn't it looks like it's a completely unrelated game um like i said like a lot of like magical mystical ability a lot of like traversing different terrains different environments giant beasts there was this like ending scene with this giant dragon with like a pulsating fiery chest so that was gorgeous so like i said unfortunately it was too short to make a solid opinion on it but it definitely got my attention and i want to know more yeah that was one of the other ones that i was like oh because i think it was in sort of the first act as far as this mm. this conference was and yeah really short short presentation for it no release date was given i don't know if anything sort of circulated since but nothing uh, was shown in the trailer one thing that stood out to me though where um on the trailer it said designed exclusively for playstation 5 i'd love to know that wording if this means it is wholly and solely a playstation 5 PlayStation. exclusive that's the way it reads but just the way it's worded it's a bit strange <laughs> to me but Actually, it was mm, it was gorgeous can we also just say with this playstation event do we feel like they were not very open on saying whether they were playstation exclusives whether they were like i feel like that never really came up a yeah, lot yeah you and, just kind of assumed that and they avoided like microsoft loved doing it you know console exclusive <laughs> world first all those things they didn't yeah. do any of that unnecessary um no. sort of flexing or or just sort of market splash that that they like to do but no. yeah project athea it looked gorgeous like i'm it i'm did. a fantasy tragic and seeing this 
massive big sprawling open worlds big creatures uh, looks like you're going to be playing with some some magic and melee based uh, combat as well and then fighting giant beasties like yes yeah, sign me up sign me up like um it looked like sort of a, a an even more f- uh, fantasy driven um like fable like imagine like a oh, yeah. high-end really polished looking fable mixed in with some Mon- monster hunter or even like a little splash of god of war that's sort of like mm. in the blender for me but yeah squares behind it so i'm i'm curious and uh yeah hopefully we don't have to wait too long but you yeah, know no date attached so maybe this is going to be several years down the line but the hype is certainly there something else that's hype i think we've got some uni- universal hype for for our two uh yeah. and that's uh resident evil 8 or, or resident evil village uh, and they are ta- taking the V-I-L-Ls to make the number eight for, for their mm-hmm. marketing spiel. Uh, so this is following directly off the back of Resident Evil 7, set a few years later, and you return as Ethan and uh, his wife Mia, uh, and you're sort of free to live 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 your life uh, past the nightmares of seven. But then Chris Redfield rocks up, and um, <laughs> he, he shoots Mia dead right in front of Ethan, which I thought what was like, unit. what the fuck? What? And yeah. And Chris Redfield, he's been on the protein shakes. He has gotten huge. He is a brick shit house. Like why he was so like. Urgh. Yeah, but we've we've moved from the Baker Mansion to like some sort of almost like countryside in Europe. Uh, very open. They're they're showing things like there's werewolves, witches. It's going mm. very much down that spiritual magic side as opposed to the traditional zombies and and that type of nightmare fuel. Looked awesome though, and yeah, sticking with that third-person perspective, changed inventory slightly from some stills, but I am so excited for this. Yeah, so the trailer, the trailer was really good at giving you a lot, but still not giving you like much, like giving away much. Perfect explanation. Um, yeah, we we saw we definitely saw um, gameplay as a male character, like especially with the shotgun scene where you kind of like interact with like a farmer with a shotgun. So, yeah, you know you you heard a male voice, but then throughout the trailer we also saw what appears to be gameplay as a female character. Like so, I don't know if like we'll be seeing that switch throughout the game. Like you'll be switching between the two, which we've come to expect with Resident Evil games. So um, it'd be good to know if we like, you know, we'll be playing as Ethan and then playing as this other character or like, I mean, at the end, like, sorry, at the start, it says his story finishes or where his story ends. So maybe Ethan doesn't even get past Chris. So maybe, 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 <laughs> maybe this is going to sort of pivot of me, into huh? Chris's, into Chris's shoes. Maybe we get some, <laughs> some Chris flavor who's been a stalwart since obviously Resident Evil 1. So, uh, yeah. And you see the evolutions of how he's looked as a character model and I don't know what he's been doing. He's so much bigger than he ever has been. But anyway, but it looks so yeah. good. We don't have to wait too long. 2021 release. I'm assuming it's probably going to fall into that February, uh, January, February window that they've been doing for for the most recent uh, RE games. So that's awesome. Uh, I think this game's going to be terrifying. Pivoting away from zombies and stuff to like werewolves and werewolves, witches and right? mysticism. Yeah. Like, hell yes, I'm all about this. Yeah, it was really good. Um, and the environment is you know like the environment was really good at being able to take elements of um resident evil 7 like you're very very familiar but then like kind of like i'm assuming just molding it into this you know new environment of the Mm -hmm. village which is yeah like kind of old style european kind of 
country but then there's like a castle like manor kind of on a hilltop so um yeah it, it, can't wait to learn more about it and it, it looks just so looks good. good i was so excited mm-hmm. and yeah it was awesome to to see see this game realized after all these rumors and things that we've been we've been sort of uh, hypothesizing on for for a few months now <laughs> with leaks and whatnot um i am i am disappointed there was when we previously talked about the village i thought it was going to go down um a more american style like old village like you know um like and uh, like like think of like salem especially with the witches yeah, exactly. you could do like witch trialy sort of shit with salem which would have tied yeah. in nicely, but anyway, we're in Europe now. Maybe, maybe they're going to jump across because why is it? Maybe Ethan and me, they're hiding in Europe. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing there. Chris has <laughs> been to Europe a few times with games. Leon Leon was over in Europe with the Ouroboros and, and things like that, trying to save the president's daughter, as, as always mm. seems to happen in these games. But yeah, it's, yeah I'm, I'm excited though. I cannot wait for some Resident Evil Village. Yeah, it's going to be good. Mm. What's your number one? My number one, I don't know if this is going to shock people, but this one had just just wowed me. It was, now I hope I said this right, like Kina, Bridge of Spirits. Yeah, that's that's how I read it too, Kina. Yeah. Um, what a beautiful game. This is what I imagine like Breath of the Wild, if they just like graphically like enhanced it and just made these beautiful, magical, whimsical environments with just such gorgeous polished detail. Yeah, it's, it's the Zelda it's, game that I wanted to, to be. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then they had the addition of these gorgeous, like, little, like, little minion characters, these beautiful, cute, little fuzzy, yeah. um, like, black little monsters. They were just ripped straight out of, um, straight out of Spirited Away. The little black sprites from, yeah, uh, from Ghibli. I guess I can see that. Yeah. Um, and, like, you know, the female, like, lead, and she seems like she's probably on the younger side. Um, like holding like weapons of like a staff, and then we saw her also shoot like an arrow, a lot of mystical magical like ability attached to it. Um, and then there was also the element with those like cute little fuzzy black minions, um, that looked like it took from Pikmin. And I freaking love the Pikmin franchise. And it just, it seemed like you could like instruct them to hold this mm-hmm. or throw them here to help you with that. And, um, you know, it just like there was all those little elements in it. I'm like, this this game's grabbed me. I want to know more about this game. It looks beautiful. The gameplay looks like something I would really enjoy. So, um, yeah. So that is probably my favorite title that came out of it. It was it was gorgeous, and I'm with you. Like it took me by surprise, and it just sort of scratched all those little action adventure riches. It looked gorgeous. Uh, Ember Labs is a great studio. It's a PlayStation 5 console excuse, exclusive as well. So uh, oh. good win there for, for Sony again. Uh, don't know if it's timed or whatnot, but at least it's an exclusive on Sony's uh, platform for now. But yeah, it looks awesome. The The environment, the forest area they showcased was really pretty. The art style was great. The combat looked cool. I like that your staff and bow is the one in the same device. Like sort of she pulls like the staff and it becomes like an arc, an arc bow where she can sort of draw this like mystical mystical sort of arrow off it and things it's really really pretty looking and yeah it looks like it's going to be a ton of fun uh, it's i know it's probably going to infuriate a lot of people but it it looks more appealing to me than like a breath of the wild sequel because <laughs> zelda like i don't know what it is with zelda and, and that franchise but it just doesn't resonate with me the way it does with other people and 
Like I cared more about this character Keena in in the span of a two minute trailer than I have ever done for Link. Like, and and mm. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just because she's got heart and personality and a voice. I don't know if that's if that's what I'm looking for to to get that attachment. But yeah, Keena looked awesome. And um, Link has a voice. It just it's just yeah yeah. <laughs> Give me some dialogue, damn it. <laughs> Uh, yeah. But we've got plenty of dialogue with my number one and it's uh, probably uh. To, to nobody's <laughs> surprise. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn 2 Forbidden West was showcased and my goodness, I was harder than a bag of cut diamonds. Like it was, <laughs> it was something. Uh, yeah, so obviously direct sequel following on from the original Horizon Zero Dawn and then the Frozen Wilds DLC. Uh, massive flex, like the trailer looked phenomenal. More Aloy. Uh, heading off into the far lands and exploring the ruins of old societies in a quest to save the natural world because there just seems to be a lot of this uh, technological virus circulating around and killing a lot of animals. Uh, It looked absolutely stunning. Uh, We're getting Aloy in the water now. So you've got sort of some water environments where she's got like a little rebreather. She's sort Mm -hmm. of wading through and then there's water dinosaurs now, like... (laughs) And giant big like war elephants and shit like that. Like it looked so cool. Uh, the enemies and the sort of new enemy models and the creature models looked phenomenal. The environments looked absolutely stunning. I cannot freaking wait. I'm assuming it's going to come out sometime next year. I, like there was no no dates attached to this thing, but holy hell, I'm all in <laughs> from day one. Take my money, collector's edition, whatever it is, I'm buying it. I gotta say, like, I'm unfortunately not a fan of Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, sorry, but like, I can acknowledge that seeing this beautiful, like, tropical, like, coastal environment was beautiful. It was gorgeous, and I'm like, oh, nice! Like, she's finally gonna be in like a nice, appealing environment. And then there was like snippets of her back in the snow. I was like, damn it. <laughs> um, but like, you know, she's out on the west coast. You know, we saw what appears to be the bridge in San Francisco um kind of deteriorated in the back so um that's kind of interesting and i'm assuming the areas where she's in forest is yosemite um yeah that's is, that's is, how i sort of interpreted it too like i don't know the the landscape as good as you over there on west coast best coast but yeah i could yeah. i could see some of the landmarks and key areas and, and that's what i i thought they were as well Mm. Um, and I, I kind of like that there's this like kind of organic enemy that she appears to be going against as well. Like when you see at the start, this kind of like what looks to be like a pink kind of moss, kind of seaweed looking um, matter that was killing the animals and saw her like, you know, you see at the start like a dead fish and then she proceeds to go over to what appears to be a dying fox. And it seems to be um, also destroying like the land and the crops. Meanwhile, there's like a a cloud, like of thunder, Mm. kind of as well. So, I just I'm glad to hear that there's more than just robots. (laughs) Yeah, and and we see Silence make his appearance again. Obviously, modelled and voiced from uh, Lance Reddick, uh, who who's sort of one of the the main characters from the the first game, and he makes an appearance, and it looks like he's sort of almost the the head of this this sort of uh, tribe that are running around causing ruckus. So. I'm curious to see how that all weaves in together. But yeah, that trailer, like, and I think it followed almost directly off the back of Resident Evil 8. I think they were almost like bam, bam near the end of it. And I was like, my heart was nearly exploding (laughs) with joy, like seeing these these franchises that I love so much 
getting showcased and uh, showcased well. So uh, yeah, they they were phenomenal. Cannot wait, uh, listeners. Maybe maybe send us in your your sort of favorite uh, points from from the conference. Maybe maybe the game of the conference for you, or the the moment in the conference that you thought was the best or the worst. Uh, you know, we'll talk negatives on here as well if if they're available. So. Fire them yeah. to us. Hello at 8bit.net, obviously on the socials at we are 8bit if you want to slide into them DMs. But uh, I guess that weaves nicely into this part of the podcast. Tweet of the week. And we sort of wanted to wanted to get a little bit of a, a temperature check uh, out there in the space to see what was everyone's overall feeling from uh, yesterday's PlayStation 5 conference. And uh, we had we had four tiers. Best thing ever. Pretty bloody awesome. Okay, I guess. And I got up at 6 a.m. for this. And uh, obviously, the, the 6 a.m. one is is the most <laughs> negative response you could get. And that's got 6.5% of the vote. Uh, and then after that, uh, coming in at third place was the best thing ever with 12.9%. Okay, I guess. Got 25.8%. And pretty bloody awesome, which you'd say, I guess, would be like 75 out of 100, 75%. If we're going to sort of break it down intersections it got 54.8 percent and that's where i cast my vote like uh yeah some of these games are are my favorites in in gaming but yeah i didn't think it was a perfect perfect uh conference but i thought it was pretty bloody awesome so that's where i i said i agree with the consensus what about you miss hart so i was okay i guess um (laughs) because just because like i can Acknowledge that there were some good-looking titles in there and that there was obviously a lot of things that other people would be excited for. For me, to what appealed to me, I felt very limited. Um, and the, just the overall, like, the filler, so, like, the Sackboy game and the other PlayStation character game robot thing and, you know, there was just, like, a lot of things that were in there and I was just like, eh, eh, starting with GTA, like, eh. So I was like, eh, like... There were good titles in there, and there's obviously titles that everyone else got excited about. For me personally, it was like, okay, I, I got to witness some new games that I liked, but okay, I guess. Yeah, absolute ton of games. Like 26 games were, were showcased. Some of them were already known to us, but yeah, 26 games. Uh, I, I sort of gave like a three-heart scale on some of the games that were interesting to me. So if you want to check that out, obviously hit me up on the Twitters at Brendan8bit and you'll see my, I think it was my most recent tweets, you'll see some of the games that have got me excited for in the near future. But yeah, that's uh, that's been about this, uh, this podcast. Did we want to maybe just uh, close off with this? New releases and events. Absolute bucket load of games coming out this coming week. Uh, two, two of note that I sh- thought we should probably highlight. Pokemon Sword and Shield, the Isle of Armor expansion, coming out on Nintendo Switch on June the 17th. And then a little old ditty dropping on January uh, June 19th. The Last of Us Part 2, PlayStation 4 exclusive, uh, getting very, 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 very positive reviews. Uh, I think uh, last, last I checked, it was 95 on Metacritic. 10 out of 10s just about everywhere else around the traps but on the back yeah. of that there is the the sort of uh pitchforks and and fire fire stick people out there saying that they they're all paid and they're all paid shills for reviewing it so highly but yeah, yeah the last of us part 2 uh, very very positive reviews coming in uh, the last 12 hours or so i think it, the embargo lifted at about 5 or 6 p.m. australian time yesterday but they're two games i wanted to mention anything else of note this week that you know it's coming out playing viewing seeing doing no well nothing that i can think of like i said f is for family came out that new season 
came out. So that's about the only thing I'm going to pimp. Um, game wise, no, I'm just going to, I'm sorry, Destiny 2. I'm sorry, everyone. I know. That's I know. all right. It happens. We do, we do these things. <laughs> and we're going to be doing these things again next week with our very special guest, uh, one of 8-Bit's sweariest dads, half of the comedy game creation podcast known as Bitstorm. We're talking about Mr. Trevor Scott. He's going to be joining us for episode 199 of the Hungry Gamers. So I get excited for that. And then uh, the next one after that, obviously, is the big two hundo. So as I said, send those questions, thoughts, memories, all that stuff to us. Hello at 8bit.net on the emails. At we are 8bit on the socials. Obviously, I'm at Brendan8bit and Miss Ali Hart is at Miss Ali Hart. Anything you want to say? Are we done? I think we are done. Fair call. Fair call. All right, listeners, thanks again for stopping on by. Much love. Stay hungry. You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry. GTA 5. Really? Very, very big misfire from Sony there, like a million dollars a month every month. I don't give a shit about that. It was an NBA title as well, and I forgot about that. Oh, that's right. Zion just there dunking and then leaving a ring on the ground.